I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, I'm a real life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Dying Show. Happy September. Okay, so while our Septembers may look a bit different this year than they have in the past, we're still having fun. We're still finding the positive in life, and we're nerding out on the things we love. So let's end our week right. Let's have some fun. Party on, dudes. We've got a review of Bill and Ted Face the Music for you, among many other most outstanding conversations. Sam, play our song. Just one more time. Of course. That's enough. Play, uh, play the other one. Let's rock it. Yeah, Sam is yeah. good. Pulls out his electric guitar. Yeah. <laughs> which which Thanks, naked Sam. gun was that from? By the way, <laughs> that was really half. good. The smell okay, of fear, two and a half, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. I used to love those movies. Oh, Holy my cow. gosh. That was one of my... Uh, every time I hear that, I laugh. It's just amazing. <laughs> he just goes <laughs> That falsetto. Uh, Priscilla Presley. Remember Priscilla oh, Presley, gosh. Brian? Yeah, whatever happened to her? I don't know. Hmm. I hope she's doing all right. Yeah. I have seen of, her in 20 years. Speaking of people, you know, you, you step back and you go, hey... This person, I mean, they looked like this. They were big, and then they disappeared, or they did not age gracefully. That kind of thing. <laughs> no offense, no offense at all. But like Missy, oh, Missy from Bill and Ted was. I was like, that's Missy. And I'm we're like, gonna talk oh about that. Oh my gosh, that's Missy. <laughs> wow, she's changed. I mean, everybody ages. Everybody it ages. Was awesome. It is what it is. And you always, you know, you see the the sweet old lady who you see pictures of her when she was in her twenties, and everyone's like, wow, she was a knock. Whatever, whatever you call them. What were they calling yeah. like a? Knockout, knockout, <laughs> drag down, brawler. She was a fist fighter, you know. Just yeah, uh, you know what I'm talking about. I almost about, went 1930s there on you. I'm sorry. Well, that's I what I was. That would be inappropriate these days. That's what I was hoping for. Was a 30s <laughs> <laughs> knockout broad of the broad. Yeah, that's right. That's what they called them back then. But yeah, uh, yeah you know, it's it's kind of Very funny. Sexist. You see, I, it is. You see people though who. You know, they, they, we all did. We all looked wonderful when we were younger and that's just the way it oh, works. God. It you should have seen me, Brian. Holy cow. You were, a, you were I a didn't have the guy. eight pack back then, yeah. but I was a good looking guy. You were a sexy Seriously. boy. Mm. Oh, wow. Herbert would have gone crazy <laughs> over me. Let's just put it that way. All Captain right. Influence was a good looking young guy. Captain Hot. Done. Whatever. Yeah. But now I'm mediocre to broke down. My wife what? calls me broke down Jason Momoa. Yeah. That's just rude. Yeah, broke down that's, Jason Momoa. That's, that's my moniker. Oh man, you know all you need to do is let your hair grow, put some contacts in, and just work on your twelve pack. Because I mean, that's what he's got. And that's my uh, next. That's my next goal. Yeah. 12. I mean, he's got muscles in his cheeks that bulge. <laughs> I mean, the the guy is is like what is it negative ten percent body fat or something like that. Dude, Did you do that. Do you remember the first time you saw Jason Momoa in a show? Wait, wait. Yes, it was a uh, Stargate Atlantis. Yes, yes, and he was yeah. playing Ronin, and it was like, dude, this guy is awesome. He's like one of the coolest characters, uh, and he had that amazing gun. Mm-hmm. Oh, loved him in that show. And then when I saw Sounds him, like as, you had a bit of a man, man crush, crush on him, Brian. Mm, no, yeah. I didn't actually, but I just like <laughs> cool characters that you can really relate to and go, yeah, that's cool. And the thing is, he was <laughs> he was an awesome dude, and he could kick butt and everything like that. But, you know, they didn't lord it over you like, look how cool this guy is. He just was. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. In fact, I, from all accounts, now I don't know Jason Momoa. I've never met him. I understand that this is all hearsay. But from all accounts, he is one of the coolest guys in real life. Yeah. And it's really neat to see an actual alpha male who is not a jerk. Yes. Because Jason Momoa is the alpha of alphas, right? But we've all seen other men like that before who yeah. they dominate everyone around me, but they're also kind of into themselves. Like, like Michael totally. Jordan, Michael Jordan is an alpha, but he's also a bit of a, you know, he's kind of a, a jerk at sometimes. Right. He can be, yeah. but, but not Momoa, but apparently yeah. Momoa is apparently just the 
most perfect dude. So well, I heard that about kudos, kudos bro. I heard that about Nathan Fillion too. That he's just a really cool, natural dude. Yes. Just loves his fans, you know. And but he's an awesome guy, you know. Like, and, and you love his characters. Here's the right. thing. I never really thought. I mean, I've probably mentioned this before, but you know, you kind of come to that realization here where you're talking about this. I think I've finally understood what absolutely drives me crazy in you know movies and TV shows as far as characters go. Uh-huh. Whether it's men or women doesn't matter. Is when a character gets in there and says, "Look how awesome I am." Whether they're actually saying those words or not, but they're just pushing like, "I'm awesome. I'm a badass. I'm the coolest thing ever." you better look at me and appreciate me kind of thing. And then they're, you know what I mean? Like they have to go out and they have yeah. to, it's like, they're. it's kind of like us. If we were to say, Hey guys, listen, we're funny on the show. You're going <laughs> to laugh. We're funny. And you're kind of like, I don't care. Just make us laugh. Don't tell me you're funny. Just be funny. So yeah, it's exactly. the same kind of thing. Like if, if you've got this actor, that's just like, look at me or the character, even it doesn't matter. Maybe it's the actor. Maybe it's the way the character's written. I don't know. That's what drove me crazy about captain Marvel to this day was that she was trying to tell you and like prove to you that she was this really amazing, awesome, strong. Yeah. yeah, Just be it. You don't even need to tell us that. And that was the thing. And that's, and there's a lot of characters like that. It's not just her, but it's just in general. And that was the thing about most of, well, I mean the Ronan character in Stargate Atlantis, he didn't tell you Mm -hmm. it was cool. He just was right. Right. That's fair. I I didn't get that from captain Marvel, but I understand. Well, I know you didn't. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Like, I think that's what got me. Uh, and there's, I mean, I can't think of any. I'll rub of you the right wrong now, way. But yeah. Oh, we all have little things that rub us the wrong way. For example, what we'll we'll get into it when we talk about Bill and Ted. But there was one part of that movie that really rubbed me the wrong way. And oh. We'll talk about it. Oh, so. okay. Teaser. Yeah. Teaser. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey speaking of things that uh, kind of rub you the wrong way, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just thinking that I was going to do that to you a second ago, but you know, you beat me to it. <laughs> Is it me? Or did people jump the summer ship way too early this year? I haven't seen it because I don't go out very much right now. But what did you see? Well, it's not even about what I saw. It's also what I've heard. I don't go into stores right now and haven't since COVID. But I mean, you know, grocery stores. But apparently the Halloween decorations were in the stores as of late July, early August. Okay. (laughs) I I refuse to believe that. Somebody saw if it. It's true. Me. If it's true, I still refuse to believe that. This is where my this is where Captain Influence's head gets right in the sand. Captain I just, Skeptic. I, I cannot I cannot allow my brain to wrap around the possibility <laughs> that anyone is dumb enough to put Halloween <laughs> decorations out any any sooner than September. It doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, it's, it's like you just told me that Saturn appeared in our sky. Okay, so here's the thing. I've seen personally Halloween decorations up before September. Definitely. In in years past. So it's not, Uh, it's not far fetched. I've I've definitely (laughs) seen it. Believe me. But this comes from a reliable source who saw it and said, yeah, they're already up. And this was again, late July, early August. They told me this and I was just like, seriously, they must have, empty space on their shelves. Well, they didn't and, have I don't know. back to school stuff as much this year. I mean, people were going back yeah. to school, but it wasn't as big of a deal. I don't know. Okay. So oh, then the other thing, and is, I'm sure there's gonna be a lot of people trick or treating this Halloween. That makes lots oh, of yeah. sense. Hey, this candy is <laughs> laced with COVID. <laughs> you never know. It's not going to be the razor blades this year. It's going to be, did you cough on the candy? Yeah. You're going to go home and like open the wrappers and like Clorox you know? the inside yeah. of the candy and all that, you know, and then pop them in your mouth after you've just wiped them with Clorox. Yeah. Mm. It'll make, it'll make the Snickers bars taste a little bit different this year. Yeah. Mm, that's good. You know, think about it this way. If you Clorox your candy and then stick them in formaldehyde and then pop them out and eat them, you know, you'll be preserved. You'll be fine. You'll live forever. All right. So the other thing people are doing <laughs> is this was crazy. Early August, there were friends of ours saying, ah, falls here. Finally, I thought, wait, what? First of all, it's 98 (laughs) degrees outside. Second of all, it's like August 5th. Like what? They're mistaken. Well, to them, that's fall. No, (laughs) no, in, in no person's mind in the Northern hemisphere in early August, is that even sort of fall? Well, I'm telling you what came from the mouths of real people <laughs> speaking directly to me. And that's their well, opinion if, is that fall is had come in early August. That's and that's them. Yes, I hear you. And if you go to a mental institution, any pick one <laughs> and walk the halls, you'll hear lots of things. People are saying that they really do believe that I'm just Julius aren't Caesar. True. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. 
Okay. So your yeah, friends right. who right. think it's fall are a little off in the head, but that's okay. We love them anyway. They're all good. You're still friends. It's okay. But cares, what you're right? really saying is that Arkham Asylum has some openings and maybe we should check them in? Yes. Okay. Well, something like that. Here's yeah. the other thing. We need to check in the corporate <laughs> leaders at Starbucks because pumpkin spice lattes came out a couple of weeks ago as well. Ugh. It's September a right now. A couple weeks ago? That was okay. mid-August that they came out. Whatever. Hey, you know what? Capitalism. If, if people are buying them and if everyone's like, oh, goody, they're here early. Awesome. More power to them. You want to know what's really funny right? is we talk about this every year on the show. It's so funny. <laughs> right about this time of year, we have this exact same conversation and it's always like, is it early or is it me? And every year it's a little earlier. It's not just me. Yeah. It really is. It's yeah. the funniest thing. If you actually go back, <laughs> we could find out, okay, what date did we talk about this? This year it's September 4th. By the way, happy, happy birthday, Johnny pistol shot. His, his birthday happy is birthday, actually Johnny. today. Yeah. It's September 4th here. And it's like, this stuff has already been out for a while. I mean, usually we're like, I don't know, mid September going, Oh, it's a little too early. Uh, whatever. It's fine. I, I mean, don't know. I don't know. But, but by the time we're as old as Bill and Ted were at the end of that movie, uh, does it really matter? You know, they'll, they'll be, we'll be buying Halloween candy in all year uh, round. April fall will be April, happening probably. all year round. And all the seasons will be just mixed. They'll all be combined and the world will be united in That's seasons. That's true. I yeah. really am a huge fan of fall, by the way. I really love it, but I me am too. not somebody that likes to jump ahead. I'm like, let me have my summer. Well, okay. The only season that I'm like, please be over is winter. Can't stand it. It's, <laughs> it's great, you know, for like Christmas and January, the beautiful snow. You can go snowshoeing or if you're a skier or snow, that's great, right? Then I'm like, all right, I'm done. Mid-January, like I'm like, I'm, I'm ready for, you know, just give me some <laughs> tropical weather. Not hurricanes. I'm sorry. You know, some of you guys have been just pounded by hurricanes. And it's just sucks, <laughs> oh, that's man. awful. Yeah, that's, it, it really that's is. Awful. My derecho is nothing compared to whoever had to go through Laura last week. Or, Jeez. Or, was yeah, that last, it was last week, wasn't it? Yeah, that's awful. It really was. You know, I was watching it and they were saying, I'd never seen this before. I try not to watch the news or read the news. I don't watch the news, but I, you know, try not to. But it's like, I just want to know what's going on. Like, is there anyone? Because I know people down in that area. Is there anyone that I know that's in that area that's in, in danger right now? Thankfully, no, not personally. Other people, though, of course, I don't know we're in that area. But what's interesting yeah. is how they're pretty much saying, if you don't leave, then please put your name on a piece of paper in a plastic bag, seal that bag <laughs> and put it on you so that we can identify you after. That's not, I'm not kidding. That's what they were telling <laughs> them. They're kind of like, they're just covering their butts. You're going to die if you yeah. stay. And I'm like, is it really going to be that bad? Like, and, and why is the news so like, I mean, that's negative. Like you're going to yeah. die if you stay good luck. And I'm just kind of like, okay, not true. Well, but maybe it is. You're taking I mean, a risk. You're taking a risk. Like for example, before Laura hit one of the catch articles on all the news outlets was that some experts were saying that it would be unsurvivable storm surge. Yes. Yes. Like you're going to die. If you live, you live anywhere near the beach or like on the beach, you're going to die if you stay. But then after the hurricane went through, there was nothing on the news at all about 50,000 people died from the unsurvivable storm surge that we yeah, warned you about. There were four uh, people that not, died when I checked yeah, it. Okay, but not a peep on, on any of the major outlets that I look at. Yep. This is just an example of the media being the media, right? I mean, <laughs> they get off exaggerating. That's what they do. Well, so, yeah, and we've said that from the beginning, and you know, I've known that since I was in college. Well, really, I mean, I, it's been going on for oh, a lot yeah, longer since than I've that, been but, paying attention to it. Yeah. yeah, but since I was trained <laughs> to exaggerate in college in news writing, that's right. when I learned it. But it's just like, to me, that crossed the line. Here's a really true article, though. I mean, this is 100% truth, guaranteed. <laughs> There's no fictitious anything in this article, okay? The Gen X in the U.S. Has, has finally had enough with everything that's going on. Here's what the article says. Gen Xers, the long-suffering generation, has always been stuck between the boomers, who ruined everything, and the awful self-centered millennials, and now they're also being plagued by the cancel culture-loving Gen Z proto-Nazis. So Gen X has finally decided to do the sensible thing and split off from the rest of society and make a utopia that will be relaxed and chill and not get worked up over everything. And then a quote from a guy here from Spencer Goodman. So I said, hey guys, I don't want to make a big deal out of it, but want to make our own country? And all the other Gen Xers kind of shrugged and said, whatever, which is exactly the energy we want. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. So there you go. That's it. This is, by the way, from the Babylon Bee, which of course is like the onion and totally not true at all. 
It's just a bunch <laughs> of made up fun stuff. Gen Xers actually are kind of like anymore, whatever. Don't talk to me about this. Just leave me alone kind of thing. It is kind of funny how that and like <laughs> I have are noticed, we really? well, again, this is a, a stereotype. Of course, the stereotypes that they wrote here are so true. I hate to say this like yeah. the boomers are stereotyped as ruining everything, even though not all boomers did that. In fact, there's a lot of really great boomers. Gen Xers are like, whatever, man, doesn't matter. Just don't get worked up stereotyped, but that's not true about all Gen Xers. Millennials are stereotyped as self-centered, of course. And you know what? There's a lot of self-centered millennials, but not all of them are. And no. yes, the Gen Z are who is driving the cancel culture loving stuff right now, even mm-hmm. though they're not all like that. It's just, it's stereotypes, but I had to laugh. Oh, because, how we love to put people in boxes. Don't we, Brian? <laughs> oh, I know. And you know what else is really funny is like, think about this. When we were kids, we were the problem. You know, when boomers were kids, they were the problem. They were the hippies and the free lover, you know, people True, when, yeah. when millennials were kids, they were the problem. Although they still technically are sadly, uh, <laughs> the Gen Z is the, is the current young they generation and they're are. the problem. I mean, everybody is whoever the youngest is, is the problem. It always will be that of way. Course. Generation so, by generation. Exactly. Yeah. For, it's, for, for hundreds of thousands of years, by the way. But yeah, I agree with you on everything you just said, except that I have to admit, Brian, I am one of those Gen Xers that just is like, what? just leave me alone, whatever. That's you know, me. There's, there's something interesting about that though, because I think on one hand, that's a really healthy approach because you don't let things uh, get to you to the point of anxiety, stress, heart attacks, etc. And you don't get worked up about things in a way that causes fights and other things. However, there's a balance there. Like right. being completely whatever and doing nothing is not good either. Yeah, you don't want to be too apathetic. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, sometimes things get a little, just get too crazy. Yeah. Uh, especially lately, especially since COVID. You just want to, I mean, the, the urge to stick your head in the sand is really strong. At least for me, it is. Yeah, well, so, it is for me too. I'm kind of over yeah. it. I mean, it's funny how people will tell me that, you know, Brian, well, they're not telling me specifically, but, you know, they're <laughs> they're saying this in general that every single person, person. Yeah, see, I got to talk person. like Sean Connery now. Yes. Give me a ping. Suddenly we're talking like Conry. One ping only, please. Shelly. The the politically charged people right now, the people who are fighting for something, which by the way, great. No problem with that. Yeah. But they're saying that everybody should be politically active and should be doing this as well. And if you're not, then you know you're a horrible person, essentially. Well, if you are passionate about the environment, you're gonna project that onto the next person and say, well, I'm passionate about it. So therefore you should be, and everyone else should be as well. And if you're not, then you're stupid and you burn styrofoam or Mm. I'm passionate about eating healthy and being fit. And if you're fat, well, you're an idiot, you're stupid and you should go lose weight. Or I'm (laughs) passionate about, you know, uh, social rights and you know, whatever, again, fill in the blank. Everybody projects their, whatever their passion is an agenda. Yeah, Yeah. but it's not even that. I I mean, yes, there's agendas, but I'm even thinking like I have a passion and a calling to fight for this fill in the blank. Mm -hmm. And we all do this. I mean, even I've realized how much I've done it on the show and I'm like, I can't do that. You know, I have a passion for community and a calling. I have a passion and a calling for community and for us to look at things from a balanced viewpoint to try to seek the positive, to smile, you can't control everything. I mean, I've got a passion and a calling for all that stuff. I believe that we all should do that for our own health and for the health of others, but I can't project that on someone else because even though it's healthy for us, it's not necessarily someone else's calling or passion to go out and promote that. Like I'm doing it because if everybody did one thing, then like if everybody was environmentalist, then we, we would have a lot of problems. Because nobody really? would be doing anything else. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's kind of like trying to think if, if everyone was environmentally minded. Well, we can t- we can we can offload that for another discussion. Well, no, no, that, that's not what I mean. Negative. I mean, like if everybody was environmentally <laughs> environmentally minded, then that would be good for the planet. But if everybody was an environmentalist, then no one would stand for anything else because we would all be focused on the environment, and that's it. That's mm. what I mean. Everybody is going to have their passion and their calling to stand for and promote and advocate for and we all need that diversity because if everybody does one thing then everything else misses out so that's what i mean yeah i I understand that part good so we got to be very careful about projecting our passion and calling onto other people 
because I will never go march and be a political activist, even Me though neither. I completely stand for people getting how many times have I said this on the show value each person value respect each person equally regardless. I mean, that's that's yeah. standing for it. But I'm not going to go march. That's just not who I am. And I'm not, you can't change me and I don't want to be that. So I'm not going to try to change you to be like me either. So anyway, I just, I thought that was kind of interesting that, um, yeah, yeah, let's, let's all embrace our, our diverse passions and callings and interests and let's help each other out. There's different parts of the body. Like if I'm an arm and if we're all like colons, <laughs> you know, then the rest of the body's going to fail pretty quickly. You know, uh, it's just uh, pretty we, darn quick. That's a good analogy. Yeah, you have to have different parts of the whole to make a cohesive whole, right? Exactly. I mean, that's that's all of nature is that is modeled on that concept. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, which call, I think. Well, wow, that me, was deep. Well, no, no, I, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean it to be deep. I just I find that oh, to be no, very, very encouraging because everybody has something beautiful to offer. And we all as a culture seem to try to change other people to be more like us when instead we should be helping each other to say, okay, what you have to offer is unique and beautiful. And we need you in addition to me, in addition to this other person, we need all of this. Let's not try to, you know, make everyone the same or you should do this because I do this. You know, let's, let's everybody come on balance. It's balance. It's balance. And it's like, go after your passion and calling. I've got to know, Brian, what is root beer milk? If you're in your part of the country, that's root. And in our part of the country, it's root. So um, yeah. just to clarify, and somebody's saying a rut, a rut beer. It's a rut. It's a root rut beer. Root beer. Is a, is a rut beer milk like when elks are rutting? I mean, no, that's just oh, all Now Brian's that. making oh. fun of my accent. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> No, it's okay. Everybody says it differently. So um, in my part of the world, country, root beer milk, and your part of the country, rut beer. <laughs> I can't even say it. Rut, rut. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Rut. So it's really good. We have a local dairy. You know the uh-huh. eggnog I talk about every Christmas? Yes. They make that glorious eggnog, and they make this root beer milk that is just, uh And it's so funny because oh. people will be like, that just sounds nasty. Think about no. a root beer yeah. float. Exactly. Yep. It's what it is. So is root is root beer milk just sorry root beer? Milk. You, you say it however like, you I say. I feel it. like no. Joe, I feel like Joe Pesci and my cousin Vinny right now. Say, oh, sorry, youths. <laughs> <laughs> no, is root beer milk uh, just? It's basically think of it as um, uh, melted uh, root beer float, right? Well, sure. So it is uh, local root beer from one of the breweries here that makes their okay. own. And then it's just basically, you know, like high fat milk. So probably a cream. <laughs> so cream, half and yeah, half. I was right? going to say it's probably a mixture of like whole milk and cream and half and half. I don't even really know, honestly. That but it's, sounds it's, amazing. It's super On creamy ice? and rich. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you put it over ice, it's beautiful. But it's uh, literally like drinking a liquid root beer float. Like you're not getting the chunk of wonderful. ice cream is all, but it's so good. Okay. I'm, I'm yeah. sold. I like it. Yeah. It's beautiful. And it is funny when people say, oh, that sounds disgusting. It's beautiful. Here's the other thing. They made a root beer float latte at their local coffee shop. It's this dairy's coffee shop. And I at first kind of thought, okay, root beer and espresso, really? And they said, oh my gosh, you've got to try it. Trust me. It's awesome. And if you don't like it, I'll make you a whole nother drink for free. I said, okay, well, let's do it. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Deal. (sighs) Wow. Sweet dude. Yeah. It's neat. Thanks for sharing. You're welcome. All right. So, Speaking of food really quick, there is this beautiful local restaurant here that it's Afghan food. Huh? Oh man. And we had been there. I've never had Afghan food. It's very similar to a Mediterranean style, but of course it has its own nuances and it still is a little different, but I love their stuff. Oh my gosh. They, they have a ton of different dishes, but the one I really love is what they call the Barani, which is an eggplant dish. And it has like a, Uh, I mean, it's got like rice and other kind of spices in it, but it has kind of a yogurt type sauce that goes over it. I don't know how to explain it because it's not like just straight yogurt at all. I mean, it's a it's an Afghan delicacy kind of thing. But then they also have probably a goat milk sauce or something like that. Possibly, yeah. But it's like it's the um, oh, I forgot the name of their um, yogurt drinks. Anyway, someone knows it. Yeah, it's there. (laughs) Armani food has this yogurt drink as well. It's a very, very popular drink and I cannot think of the name of it. It, it tastes like buttermilk. I can't drink it. I've had it and I was like, yeah, huh. 
but some people yeah. actually love it. So anyway, they have this, um, this salad and all that. And I, th- I actually don't even know what's in it, but it's absolutely glorious and beautiful. And then of course they make their naan and ugh, the bread, you know, ah, so good. Lovely. Anyway, we hadn't been there in a while just because we really weren't going and picking stuff up, but things have progressed nicely to be able to go and get takeout and bring it back. And we had, we had that yeah. with our neighbors because one of our neighbors, we just love going to that place together with her. It's so much fun. So, oh, and dude, speaking of neighbor, dude. we finally got our attic insulated. Okay. I mean, wait, finally. Wow. Okay. So these places were insulated when they were first built yeah. and you know, insulation thins out falls, etc. Well, you know, I don't know what happened or why this happened, but we were when we were getting our kitchen redone last year because of that flood, you know, they were up in the attic doing stuff and they were like, do you realize that your insulation in the attic is less than a quarter inch thick? (laughs) Holy cow. And I'm like, well, no wonder the studio is 90 degrees when it's 95 outside. Like this is crazy. So yeah, I didn't know they made insulation that thin. Well, it wasn't originally that thin, but when this place was built they didn't have the requirements that they have now so it wasn't as thick well, as it is now but it you know it just that's just crazy i didn't i thought the mass stayed there i didn't realize that it would evaporate over the decades that's interesting i don't know how it actually works but it or just de- kind of or desiccate whatever yeah it's it, so we had it was really cool uh, the city was offering this free healthy homes inspection and you could bring people in and they would this was before COVID. it was really really cool and they were doing all these tests and you know we did like a radon test and all kinds of other really fun things well then they took these <laughs> Ultra. No, no, no. Uh, thermal thermal sensors. There we go. Thinking like, you know, night vision, thermal vision. So they're doing these thermal sensors and they're pointing it at the ceiling. And of course this was, I think February. So it was still pretty cold out. And you know, we were looking, okay, well obviously that's cold because that's the outside air and they were pointing at the ceiling and you know how like thermal turns more red as it's hot and turns blue as it's cold. Of course. Yeah. So most of the ceiling was either a light blue or a dark blue. And they were like, Oh, interesting. Do you have like water damage? I'm like, well, I, I hope not. I don't know. Well, we found out later that it had nothing to do with water. It had everything to do with the fact that there was no insulation. So wow. we were just, it, the attic was a frozen wasteland. <laughs> it was like turning on a freezer above head. And in the summer, it's like turning on a giant oven all day long. Wow. So you got it insulated and uh, all is <sighs> good now. Yeah. Well, it was literally today. So we are moving forward. We're going to see how it actually works. But I mean, we went from having less than a quarter inch thick in our attic to about 18 inches of insulation and it's new so that, quality. It should make a big, that difference. explains your story about miss light having a piece of fiberglass in her eye. Yeah. Right before we got on to do the show, I was like, ah, and she's like, something's like poking me or kind of, I'm like, oh geez, like you, cause That's she was awful. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I, I wear contacts, so I know how to rinse my eyes out easily. Uh-huh. it's so funny. People who don't wear contacts, you know, like the eyes just <laughs> shut and I'm like, no, you got to pull your eye open and leave it open or I can't flush it for you. She's like, it hurts. I'm like, I haven't even done uh-huh. anything yet. <laughs> That's awful. I feel so bad for her. Yeah, I know. So I know. yeah, there must be little fiberglass pieces floating in the air in your house right now. No, we so were trying to clean up the, well, so the attic access is actually in our closet, uh-huh. which is, I guess, pretty common for most places. Same thing here. Go yeah. Ahead. So we took a giant, giant plastic tarp and like surrounded the attic access so that everything in the closet was protected. But in kind of cleaning all that up and pulling it down. Yeah. I got in, got in her eyes. Ouch. I, I mean, maybe we're not sure and hopefully not, but kind of keep an eye on it. So yeah, <laughs> no pun intended. Huh? Dude, dude. All right. Well, dude. what's going on with your computer, dude? A little copy name update. Is it built? What's happening? Okay, so I'm starting to feel a little bit like Brian right now, where it's it's taking a lot longer for me to build this machine than it probably should. And yeah. the reason is because my RAM, it turns out the RAM I bought was coming from Amazon UK. So I ordered it like a week ago and it hadn't even shipped yet. And so as of yesterday, I just canceled the order and bought it closer to home. I, I guess if you order stuff from the UK, they have like little gnomes or something that have to go out, mine them you know, mine the minerals dwarves. that they make the chips out of. Dwar- yeah, d- okay. Dwarves work in mines. Yeah. Okay. Dwarves yeah. work. In, okay. So yeah. you, these little English dwarves, they have to go out and mine the stuff. Uh, yeah. To make fabricate the chips. It. Yeah. Yeah. I guess they do it all from scratch there. So um, that's true. So yeah. But whereas in reality, I think what they were doing is just, they were waiting for it. They were trying to get a bulk order together before they shipped everything is what I'm guessing. Hmm. So, and that just doesn't work for me. I'd rather spend a little extra money and get it sooner. 
Well, so yeah. that's what I've done. So my RAM yeah. should be here in a couple of more days. Okay. And Steve is coming along nicely. I've got some more fans for him. Is that the name? The um, official name? I think I've settled settled on Steve. Steve. Yeah. I just okay. I, it just keeps coming to my head. Okay. You know, it's yeah. any like when you get a new pet, you're trying to figure out what to name your pet, and yeah. this, this this name keeps coming hitting you. It's like Steve. It's got to be Steve. So yeah, uh, by next episode, I should have everything built, and I should be blown away as long as everything works. As long as I seated the CPU properly, which I think I did. I mean, it went on pretty easily like it's supposed to, and mm-hmm. yeah. And then you clamp so, it down. Yeah, and you clamp it down, and the, the clamping part, I was a little nervous about it because yeah. you, have to, you have to really, yeah, it's like, am I going to break this thing, clamp it? Yeah. No, no, just do it, just do it. Clamp, you know, it's, oh, it's, it's good. So That's exactly if, how if it you went never for built me too, a computer, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yours should be good. It's fun, so, man. You know, in fact, I was talking with uh, speaking it's a of little Johnny, hairy. At first, it is the first time you do it. You're like, oh crap! But then after you do it, you're going, I will never ever do anything else but build a computer again when it comes to a PC. You know, it really is easy when you know how. Yeah, and it's really the way to go because if you have any problems, it's like, oh, I know how to just pop that out and replace it. It's easy to do versus right. like if you buy a computer, you don't know what's wrong, and the whole thing is now daunting it would be awfully nice to simply click on something on your screen and then a few days later have a completely built pc show up at your house i get that that's yeah. it's more expensive that way quite a bit and and you you know you didn't build it yourself so you don't know you know but you you have to assume experts are making it for you <laughs> you know if something's wrong with it you can always say hey this doesn't work here's it's just anything like that it's just a big pain in the butt to be honest so building an actual pc desktop if you have the patience to learn about it and not even necessarily the technical know-how, like you can learn this stuff on YouTube. I learned, I mean, I Very knew some so. of it, but I was able to learn everything else on YouTube. And then I asked a few questions to our genius friends. Yeah. But the truth is, is that really building a PC these days is not hard. You know, there's a lot of little things you need to learn and yes, it takes a little bit of time, but if you know, if you enjoy stuff like that, it's actually kind of fun. Yeah. Laptops on the other hand, you, you really can't do that. You can't build a laptop unless you are a, you like know a like certified expert or whatever. Yeah. Well, and you have the resources and stuff like that to do that, you know, right. and then of course, but even with laptops, there's some customization that you can do. So like some laptops, it's like, as is here you go. If something goes wrong, you got to send the whole thing back or trash it and get a whole new one. That's not the way to go. New laptops are starting in some of the PCs anyway, are starting to get to the point where you can open them up and you're able to easily change out the hard drives or add hard drives and the RAM. There are good manufacturers that I'm starting to find now. I mean, this is genius. Think about this. The people who build the computers build their own computers and are also the tech support for the company. Genius. Yeah. Because then they know and they can help you. It's beautiful. I just love that. Well, I'm glad that you will have your Steve built here soon. He's staring at me right now. I was going, build me, build me, feed me, feed me, Seymour. Dude, so I've been yeah. working on that mobile that mobile audio setup. You know, we were talking about. Yeah, it's awesome. So is I, it done? I got my hands on a Rodecaster Pro. For any podcasters listening, it's a sweet little setup. Thank you to Agent Smith for setting me up with that. And uh, he didn't give it to me, but you know, he set me up with that whole thing. He was telling me all about it, and I was like, "This thing looks like the perfect setup." Because you know, I have this really awesome. I mean, it's not like a full-blown radio recording studio or anything like that. This is a podcast setup, but it's got a lot of different equipment and I have a lot of stuff here and it's really, really fun to do, but I've built this stuff over years and I had a friend who set me up with this kind of stuff seven, no, no, gosh, probably nine years ago now. It's amazing how long, like some of this equipment's getting pretty old, but it's great, man. I mean, it's like, I love what I do. I have everything and we were doing it back in the radio days and then I transferred it all over to podcasting and it's beautiful and it works, but some of this stuff is not available anymore because, you know, new models are out. It's a sure. lot of equipment. And if you were to just to go out and buy all this stuff right now, it's a crap load of money. You know, I mean, we bought this stuff over time, components here and there when we had the money and stuff like that. But I didn't want that. I mean, I'm looking for a little mobile setup, you know, for just cruising up and just doing It's amazing. So like, especially, especially when we can all start getting back together and I can start doing like live in person kind of, or not live, but in person kind of recordings. Right. I needed something. And anyway, so I'm all set up with this one piece of equipment. It is beautiful. It is not exactly the same, you know, so I'm going to be testing it out here in an episode or two, I hope. But 
you'll hear a little bit of a difference. It doesn't sound exactly the same as my setup right now, but it still sounds good. I have some tweaking okay. to do, but dude, it's a mixer. And then I think I've kind of explained this, but yeah. you know, like all the music we play, you, yeah. know, you hear, you know, the intro and deep thoughts and everything like that. You can basically, you program them into like these, what looks like little drum pads and you hit the oh. button and boom, it plays. And it's all part of like one of the mixer channels you know, like I've got a headphone splitter here so that if I've got two to four people in the studio, you each have your own headphone channel and you can control your own volume. That's all built into this mixer. I record on an actual physical external recorder because to me it's more stable than recording on your computer. That's built into this mixer, has its own micro SD slot. And I mean, there's just so many things. It's a touch screen. You can go in and you can like fine tune how your voice sounds and the compressor and the the gate, you know, to block out some of the noise. I mean, there's so many things in this thing. And I was just like, wow, this is an amazing little piece of equipment. So I'm very excited about cool. it, but I got it all set up last night. Actually, I did a little test with it. It works and it's ready to go. So, oh, and another thing that I did, you know, the whole conversation I had with Miss Ice about Mac Catalina. Yes. Okay, so I'm I'm complaining. No, I, I was kind of complaining about it, but I'm not exactly <laughs> that impressed with it. And I was just kind of like, you know, it, it's it's not a bad program, but I was, you know, most of the the operating systems from Apple have been really good. Catalina is one of those ones that I was like, not so good, in my opinion. Now, some people absolutely love it. That's fine. In earlier years, they would release an operating system when they needed to, not every year. And they've been releasing an operating system every single year. And I just think like, eh, it's a little too soon, man. You're, you're starting to take after yeah. Microsoft and just release before it's like really ready. So apparently the new Big Sur that's coming out is supposed to fix a lot of the problems that Catalina had. And it should be far better, which is good. But I just thought, nope, I'm going to reformat my hard drive and I'm going to reload High Sierra, which is what I had on it. Uh-huh. And I know it's a couple OS is old, but I don't care. Was successfully able as long to do as it that. works. No, it, it's it works like it did. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. It's it's back to its full full speed. It works perfectly. Very happy with it again. So good. That's uh, good. General rule of thumb is updating is not always in your best interest. It can be, but not yes. always. Yeah, especially with OSs. Uh, I mean, we we all update our iPhones. Those of us who have iPhones, we all up, or and probably Androids too. We all just update our OSs uh, without thinking. And with phones, you're probably fine. But with computers, in my experience, I mean, I waited forever to get the bugs out of twenty for out out of Windows 10. Yeah. What bugs I perceived that is. I mean, some of you are probably I can hear the eyes rolling right now. You don't know what you're talking about, Tony. Come on. <laughs> yeah. There were no bugs in Windows 10. I mean, it was it was like it was like butter right out the box. No. Yeah. Smooth uh, like I, Barbara Streisand's voice. Yeah. <laughs> my computer had <laughs> issues with it, and so I stayed with Windows Seven for quite a while after 10 came out and then I finally moved over and I've been happy with it. So that was wise though. uh, They did have bugs in the beginning. And by the time you moved over, things have been worked out. Right. Exactly. If what you're using works, why break it until you, until they just don't support it anymore? Yeah. Well, and not to mention that a new operating system naturally is going to require greater resources from your computer. And so if you don't have the latest computer, it's going to slow your computer down. It's just yeah, what's going to happen. And I know when, you know, when Miss Ice was talking about upgrading to Catalina, she has a 2013 MacBook Air, which by the way, Ooh, Catalina cool. specifically said supports like, I think it was 2015 and later. Okay. Now it works and her computers, I mean, it crashed, but then it came back. So it's working, but I know that her year was not supported on Catalina and mm. they don't, explicitly tell you that you have to look like, okay, which generations basically support Catalina? What, what should I do? Right. You have to look for that. And if you look for it, you'll realize, Oh yeah, my computer's a little too old. Probably shouldn't do that, but it worked. I mean, she's running it, but it's not necessarily in her best interest. I don't know. Well, I mean, heck. I've got that, that 2013 iMac that's running El Capitan, <laughs> which is <laughs> a while back, but I don't, I don't want to update it. Until it gets to don't the point, don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Until it's to the point where they say we can no longer update you, or certain programs finally say we've moved beyond when you can't use these on your old operating system anymore. When that happens, fine. But in the meantime, I'm not touching it, dude. Really quickly, I got to tell you about this. Speaking of like 
hardware requirements and all kinds of things. You're familiar with flight simulators, right? Oh, very much so. Flight simulators have been around since the 80s. There was a uh, flight simulator. Yeah, 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 exactly. There was a flight simulator. I mean, shoot. I mean, when I was a kid, we had a really old Apple. I think it was an Apple 2C or something like that. Yeah, it it was probably a 2C. Yeah, and I mean, it lasted forever. That computer lasted us well into my probably middle school years. Like it just was, it just lived. And then finally we're like, Mm -hmm. okay, this is really obsolete now. Um, (laughs) Probably should have kept it. It would be like a historical item now going to a museum, but there was a flight simulator on that Apple and it was like, you know, green wireframes. I remember it. Yeah. Yeah, I played that flight simulator. It was so fun, but man, you know, everything, it was only nighttime and stuff too. So it was really funny. Then, I mean, I don't know, somewhere in there, I got an additional flight simulator. It was the Microsoft flight simulator. And of course everything looked better. Well, I never really flew many flight simulators. I mean, I love flying. I've logged a few hours in Cessnas and I would love to get a pilot's license someday. Just, I mean, it would be fun, but I never did. It's too expensive. Flight simulators have always held an interest for me, but they've gotten so realistic now that it's almost too tedious. Like, okay, it's a game, but it's not a game anymore. It's actually a full on simulator. And I'm like, eh. I don't really know some of this stuff. Right. And I'd like to think that they have a setting where you could just, if for a casual player, you could just set it to, I just want to fly this plane. You take care of, the, you know, tell the program to take care of all the switches and knobs and yep. technical stuff. I'd like to think they have that setting. I don't know. Yes, but, some of them do. Okay. To an extent, like it's an easier, more assistance basically is what it is. Mm-hmm. So, and, and truthfully, you really don't have to do when the tower is telling you to turn and, and climb, you can totally ignore them. I mean, in of real course. life, you, you lose your and you license. you can crash into the tower. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know whatever you want. <laughs> so basically, there was this X-Plane, I think was the last, X-Plane 11, I think is what it was. That was like the last great flight simulator and Microsoft hadn't done one in quite some time. And so they were saying, yeah, we're probably never going to do one again. Okay, cool. Well, they surprised everybody really? this year and said, hey, we've got a Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020 and it just came right. out pretty recently, like within the last month or so. Well, surprisingly, I mean, I'm thinking like, nah, I'm never going to buy it. It's a $120 program. It's crazy. Holy cow. Yeah. So I'm like, no, thanks. And then not to mention, if you really want the full experience, you got to get like the whole setup, the yoke and the, you know, additional flight controls that you can put on right. your desk and you can get the feet rudders. And I mean, no, thanks. It's too much money. Dude. It would be amazing, but it's too much money. So I think eh, we talked about this. I bought that subscription to the Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, you know, when they were doing that huge, crazy sale. Yes. And it was like, if you buy this now, you get like two years for free or something crazy. It was, oh my gosh. Well, so I did that. So I had like three years of Xbox Game Pass. Their PC side of things released Microsoft Flight Simulator. That's crazy. So I'm like, get that for your free Game Pass. Heck yeah, I'm downloading it. So I downloaded 120 gigs by the way, of, of hard drive space. That's a big game. That's big. Second of all, it requires extremely high stats. In fact, the recommended graphics card is no less than a 2080. Uh, and yeah, I, see, I just got a 2070 yeah, super. You could run so, it. You could run brand it. Brand new. But it's not going to be nearly as smooth as, as a 2080 would be. So a 2080 Ti is what I have. It's fine. It's going to work. It works great. But I mean, 32 gigs of RAM was pretty much like you can run it on 16, but they highly recommend 32 because it's going to be not going to be able to process it fast enough. Right. It's a power hog. Well, here's why, though. This thing's amazing. Of course, (laughs) I downloaded it and had to try it. So first of all, it's using real satellite images. So, you know, if you're flying over, like you can fly over your house and you can actually see your house from the sky and it, it will look exactly like your house and you'll probably even see your car sitting in front of it. Oh, that's neat. Because, you know, it's like Google Earth kind of thing where it's got the actual yeah. satellite. Now, of course, if you get too low, you know how like in, if you've ever used Google Earth, you know, if you zoom in too much and satellites are top down, so it's like a two dimensional image. But if you were to, you know, get low enough, then it tries to extrapolate a 3D rendering of what it could look like, but it's obviously not real then it starts to look very fake if you get too low. But from the top down, it's like, dang, this is beautiful. So I decided, all right, I'm going to fly. I'm going to do the northern Colorado route. You know, I'm going to take off. I'm going to fly, you know, over Denver and Fort Collins and Estes Park and all that area just to kind of see some. And then I'm like, I'm going to go to, I love San Francisco. I just absolutely love that place. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go to San Francisco. I'm going to take off from runway 28 right. And I'm going to, 
I'm going to fly over the bay. I'm going to fly over Alcatraz, Golden Gate, you know, all that good stuff. Well, then I realized, oh, I'm flying enough. I was just looking for a basically a slower plane because I'm still trying to get the controls and I didn't want to like speed over things too quickly. Right. Well, I realized, oh, I'm in an aquatic or amphibious. Sorry, I'm in an amphibious plane. So I'm like, okay, well, shoot, I'm landing in the bay then. <laughs> that was awesome. I landed in the bay. It was great. <laughs> it's so beautiful. But here's the most amazing thing about that is that if you turn the settings on, it uses real time. This is somewhat scary, but it's also really amazing. Real time satellite data. So if you see another plane taking off, that is a real plane that is taking off from that airport at that exact same time that you're flying. Are you sure? Dead serious. It really, that's yeah. a little nuts. It is, but huh. it's absolutely 100% true. Now, here's the thing. It's going to be within a, a couple of minutes of real time just because of still. You know, but that's the thing. It's like, so they even say like, make sure you have a good internet connection. Make sure that you don't have like a data cap on how much data you use through your internet because eventually you're getting so much real-time data. So like when I was in San Francisco, there's a plane landing. That was a real plane, a real flight from that airline landing at the time that I was playing. I'll be darned. And so, by the way, and this is talking about like, okay, I can play like, what's my time right now? Well, let's say you're playing at 7 p.m. at night. If you're playing real-time, then it'll be 7 p.m. your real-time in the game. If you change it to say, I'll play it, 2 p.m. Then technically whatever you see is what happened at 2 p.m. And so even cars, even if cars are, you know, if you're driving over a highway and you see cars, those are real cars that are really driving in the world right now. It's scary, but I mean, you can't see like license plate numbers. It's not that detailed, but it's just like, wow, so cool. So powerful. Very realistic. We got to get into Bill and Ted. Let's do this. Oh, please. Let's do this. Dude, bro. <laughs> now they didn't say bro back then. They, they didn't. No, they there's said, a lot of dude. Yeah. It was most outstanding, most triumphant, most heinous, heinous, bogus, excellent, all those things. What I okay, let's get into this first of all. Overall opinion. What'd you think? Me? Okay. So overall, I enjoyed it. I thought they did as well as could be expected. The same thing. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And I I had a good time. And I've kind of said this, but I very much expected this too, that it was definitely not as good as the first one, but nothing's going to beat the first one. That was classic. No, definitely much better than the second one. And (laughs) to me, it was a good overall addition to the series. Essentially. I mean, did they need to do this movie? No, but they did. And it's a fun addition to the series and and it was worth watching. That's how I'm glad I watched it. Glad I watched it, but okay, let me, let me get into the nitty gritty of it. Nitty gritty. Um, I thought, that Keanu and Alex did a really good job reprising the roles as Bill and Ted. And I'm always happy to see Kristen Shaw wherever she shows up. Now was that Um, Rufus's daughter? Rufus's daughter was played by Kristen Shaw. She's just awesome. Yeah. So I'm a big Bob's burgers fan and her character. Louise is one of my favorite characters in any show. So also I'm a big fan of a flight of the Concords where we first see her. So, and the thing I really appreciate about this movie, Brian was that, all the original actors and actresses they brought back. I mean, so many of them, like, like yeah. their, their wives from England. Uh, no, they weren't the, the original Bill's dad. That's I the, thought they were. No, that's the thing. So they, they brought back a few that, so Bill's dad was yeah. the original. Missy was the original. Of course, Bill and Ted <laughs> was Deacon that, the original. No, sadly. Oh, he shoot. Looked I like thought it though. might've been. Oh my gosh. He totally looked like the original, like an older version. Of the he was original just Deacon. so, ordinary that I thought that has yeah. to be the same guy. Yeah, it looks a lot like him, but it's not. And unfortunately, <laughs> okay. no, um, the wives were different and I, I was the princesses. Yeah, the princesses. It's okay. They, what's funny is that the original princesses are the actresses are older than the ones that were in this movie. Oh, okay. So okay. I kind of wish they had brought him back, but they didn't really do much. Neither one of them really did much acting beyond the eighties. So it was too bad. Right. Okay. Interesting. But it's well, fine. They, so- they did a great job. But of course, the one that blew me out of the water was Missy. Oh my gosh. Because <laughs> yeah, she was such a her. great character. She was such a great character in the original and the way they re- interacted with her and whatnot. Oh and my gosh. Thought that, of her. that whole opening scene. <laughs> See, the opening, honestly, like the first probably 15 minutes of the movie was absolutely phenomenal. I was literally going, yeah. oh my gosh, we're in for an amazing ride. And then it unfortunately was not as good the rest of the movie, but the first 15 minutes were just beautiful because that whole explanation about who she was and 
how they how she was in their lives. I was just like, yeah, oh my like gosh. how she had she had gone from one one of like like from Bill's dad to Ted's dad, which well, we saw in the original film. Yeah, but it was and like then, the, their babysitter, and then they asked her to the prom when they were she yeah, was they, a senior they and they were freshmen, and then when he was a junior, she <laughs> married his dad and then divorced and then married Ted's dad. And it was like, wow, that's actually Missy. You can kind of tell, you know? Yeah. And so, yeah, that was really neat. But I thought that aspect of the film was one of the best parts for me was just the, like you said, the first 20, 30 minutes or whatever. Yeah. I thought that the daughters, the Bill and Ted's daughters were really awkward. I know they're supposed to be, but I'm not sure they pulled it off to my satisfaction. Ted's daughter, Theodora, was the best of the two. She really tried to act like Ted from the original movie. Yeah. And I would, I would have liked them better if they weren't as dumb as their dads, though, because they were just they were the same brain dead that their dads were. <laughs> so yeah, it's like, yeah, okay, I get what they're doing, but it's just almost would have been funnier if they were the opposite of their dad. I don't know, like Penny to Inspector Gadget type of thing. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't mind them. In fact, I hear what you're saying. The awkwardness. And that goes back to, I mean, that's something we talked about back with like the second Independence Day movie that came out, what, in 2016 or whatever that was. And the whole point was like the original actors had the charm. The original actors had the chemistry and the training, you know, that that I feel like a lot of actors today have a different schooling or training than some of the older actors had. Hmm. Maybe whatever that is. I mean, I have no proof of that. It's just that's what it seems like. And so the, of course, you know, Keanu Reeves and um, I never remember this guy's name. Bill. Alex Winter. Thank you, Alex Winter. They just had different training back then. And so they were just different. They had a different chemistry and the girls didn't have that same chemistry and training, even though I think they did a good job. I liked them and I yeah. think it was really cool how they integrated them. But at the same time, I, I totally can understand where you're coming from with that. They weren't as um, natural, maybe. Yeah, I think that was it. And their reconciliation and no spoilers here, really people. It's a hard movie to spoil, to be honest. Yeah. The reconciliation with death from the second movie. That was pretty good. And he was the same actor. (laughs) Yeah. Same actor. Yes. The guy, isn't that the actor who said, he pronounced Dumas as dumbass and, um, and Shawshank (laughs) Redemption. Same guy. I love that guy. He's such a great actor. Yeah. But two things about the movie that I really didn't like. Number one was Dennis, the killer robot. (laughs) Yeah, they, I just want once he once he came out with a personality like first yeah. he was just this robot that they sent to try and kill them. But once he came out and started to have this personality, I thought, OK, stop, stop. Yeah, stop. Well, what was really funny <laughs> is when the, the only funny part, like, you know, at first you're like, oh, gosh, this guy's going to, you know, he's, he's going to murder everybody. It's terrible. And then he goes, I have a name. Dennis McCoy. I laughed. But then that should have <laughs> been it. Then it should have been like, well. See you later. And then, you know, but they, they just kept pushing it and they yeah, kept and they milking kept, it. Yeah. Like, oh, OK, yeah, you've killed it now. It's like, right, it's like the person exactly. that tries to keep telling you the same joke or it's like, <laughs> stop, stop. It's not funny anymore. You know, it was funny the oh. first time. Yeah. But uh, then the last thing that is kind of irrational for me that, that I didn't like about the movie was, was the ending. Not liking the ending wasn't irrational. I thought it was a really weak ending, but I agree. But the part that bugged me was, you know, that popular music style that it's pretty common right now where people kind of sing and kind of yell, sing. Like in a chorus, they kind of sing and yell to a stomped beat. Yeah. Did you ever see The Greatest Showman? Yes. Remember the opening song in The Greatest Showman? Yes. That style. That's the style of the final song that unites the world <laughs> in, yeah. in the movie. And it's popular, so a lot of people like that. But me, Captain Influence, I really hate that style. I don't know what it is. I can't explain it at all. But... I'm glad it was at the end of the show because when I first started watching The Greatest Showman, as soon as that first song started, uh, I turned it off. <laughs> I yeah, just, but I, I can't watch this. <laughs> the movie itself was amazing. But that oh, song, I'm sure. I get I, it. Every, I get it. Yeah. Everyone yeah. said the movie's great. And yep. this is, uh, again, 100% irrational. I'm not defending it. It's just a. It's just me being you know, one of my little quirks. No, that's fine. Uh, well, yeah, so. so to be fair, though, I agree wholeheartedly the ending was weak. I was completely disappointed after three movies of this huge buildup. That ending was definitely a letdown for me. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, it was just kind of, it was campy. It was just campy. Well, it, it was, was just like, Oh, okay. That's too bad. Here's the <laughs> other thing. I thought that song was, let me put it this way. It was creative. And some of the musicians that they brought in that had like various solos and stuff was 
awesome musicianship. Yeah. However, the song itself was like, huh, that's the song that <laughs> unites the world and aligns the planets. Really? They had to pick something. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but okay. Even though this was a cheesy 80s song, do you remember when they, in the first movie, when they first arrive in the future and it's got that ding, 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 and they start, yes. you know, the dancing in the streets of time song, right? Dude. By the way, I I put that in my Spotify playlist in case it's by it's called in time by Robbie Rob, just in case anybody wants to hear the original Bill and Ted, you know, this is most excellent music. That was a really, really ethereally. I just made up a word ethereally. (laughs) It's a beautiful song. I mean, it's total 80s. I loved it. It's a great song and it had power to it and it felt like a song that could unite the universe, which is really right. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. I actually through the whole movie was thinking like there was probably about 80% of me that was saying, please don't actually let us hear the song (laughs) that unites the world because there is no way that anyone can write a song that great in real life. And so if they actually do it, it's going to be a letdown no matter what, because we've, we've built this up in our minds and it's like, you know, even when they were, when they had, you know, when they put the headphones on the old bill and Ted and they're like, here, we, we figured yeah. out the song and all that and they're listening to it and they're just like, whoa, or, or whatever it was. Yeah, that was great. That was done well. Yeah. Are they playing it? And you're just like, okay, that's it. Don't let us hear it. We don't need to know. But I think the thing is if they had said we figured it out, you know, and it's not just us. It's like, the, you know, the daughters are involved. We figured it out. We're going to play it. And it's like they get ready to play the first note and it goes to the credits. That would have been amazing and then you or and then the very end you know it's like the world and universe was united right. the planets were aligned you didn't hear yeah, the song like a little it's bit left open to your narrative. imagination yeah exactly that i agree with you 100 on that yep. because to me like them playing a song killed it for me sadly yeah because i really I was like and it wasn't that great of a song to me it was okay no. And I was like, well, geez, if that song unites the world, then we're screwed. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. No, it's I, so I'm you know, you overall, one. overall, I give it a five out of 10. I mean, I, I really, it was a fun movie. I smiled and I chuckled a lot, Yeah, but it was mostly for nostalgic reasons and not because I thought it was a good movie. Uh, okay. th- this one was definitely, in my opinion, I thought this was definitely laser targeted at old school fans. And I would be surprised if newer generations liked it at all. I could be wrong. See, and I totally, but, the entire movie, I'm thinking exactly the opposite that it's like uh, it was targeted at the old school fans and at the young generation. And they were trying to make it appealing to both. That may be true. No, and, that, so you're not thinking the opposite of me. I oh, just yeah. thought that I think that they clearly for ordinary marketing reasons would obviously target it to as broad an audience as they can. Right. Sure. But, but I felt like it was the old school fans are going to have that nostalgia, just like you said, and I did too. And it's like, this is really cool. But then it's like, but I feel like they're trying to please someone else other than me. And I don't know what's going on because I don't like this part, but I really like this part. And then it's like, wait a minute. I think they're trying to appeal to like, Hey kids, this is a, this is Bill and Ted. We watched it in 1989 and now you can watch it. And they're like, Oh, thanks dad or mom or yeah. Yeah, And and they're going to be like, "Eh, I don't know if I like this because I don't understand these references. And, and you know, the old school guys are saying, I I love these references, but I don't, it, it didn't, to me, it was like this should have been 100% the fans of the yes. 1989 movie. Don't That's even try I, to appeal to the to the young generation because they may or may not like it. Just stick with the people who grew up with it. That's it. And it would have been, yeah. in my opinion, fantastic. When I said it was definitely laser targeted at old school, you're absolutely correct. That's a false statement. It felt like it should have been laser targeted at old school fans totally because it was so awkward and i yeah so so i said it wrong i apologize that's that's okay that's why i love having these discussions because i feel like that um you know you're right that it it should definitely have been laser targeted at us totally and it wasn't and i think that's where they missed the mark and but you know what they did the exact same thing with all of the these reboots that they keep doing they keep trying to say let's Let's keep the quote old school old school is the wrong term. Let's keep the original fans happy, but let's try to acquire new young fans. And the problem is, is I mean, how many times do they tell us this in, in business? Find your target audience. Yeah. The problem is, is they have two target audiences. You cannot succeed excellently, most <laughs> triumphantly there you go. by having two target audiences. I know this, you know, uh, we all know this. We all fail at it at times, but I think that's probably where they, they honestly failed the most was that right there. 
Yeah, because that song at the the end, the original fans are going to be like, eh. Right. And I thought that there were some saving graces in the film, like for sure. uh, the interaction, the interaction between, or the, the little duel between Mozart and Jimi Hendrix. Dude. So good. It was one of the coolest <laughs> scenes. I was sitting there like my eyes were wider and I was like smiling going, this is so cool. They did one of Mozart's pieces and he was playing, you know, on the harpsichord. And then I don't know if it was a harpsichord or a clavichord. It was a harps. I think it was a harpsichord, but probably yeah, he was up in it. He was up in some flat playing to a bunch of friends on a harpsichord and Jimi yeah. Hendrix was on the street doing it with, with his guitar. I was like, yes, with, with his guitar. And, and oh, that was so good. Oh my gosh, that was so good. And I have to, and I have to mention the, there is a scene after the credits at the very, very end of the credits where it, I, I, I'm not, we're not going to give it away, but please watch it. If you watch this film, that's, Stay to that the scene end. makes everything else worth it. It was really good. It was so, fantastic. Yeah, I will say that the music itself was most outstanding. The soundtrack Mm -hmm. is really good. If you actually go and look it up on Spotify, there are so many great songs that were in there, but the music, I mean, like having Jimi Hendrix come together with Mozart and with Louis Armstrong. Oh my gosh, dude, (laughs) that guy that played Louis Armstrong was perfect. That's what Louis did. He would always walk around with this crazy goofy smile on his face and be like, Hey, it was like, Oh my gosh, that's totally Louis. I was like blown away how good that guy was. It was just like, what an, I don't know who that actor is. I've never seen him before, but he was genius in that Louis Armstrong role. But dude, yeah. hearing Louis Armstrong and Jimi Hendrix and Mozart and then like the flutist. And I remember what, yeah, that flutist was interesting. I didn't know there was some famous Chinese flautist from 2000 BC or something like that. I had no idea. Some of that I have to go. Okay. Is that made up or not? Because that's so, so long ago. And then like they talked about some like prehistoric drum. I I don't think that's a real person because they wouldn't know. No. Well, yeah, obviously that part is that part is the most made up. Of course. But I mean, even nobody knows who was around. I got to wonder. (laughs) I don't know, but I got to look that stuff up. But dude, it was just like, seeing those guys duel and come together. I'm just like, Oh, oh, that was so good. Beautiful, beautiful. But that, see, there you go. You've got Louis Armstrong. You've got Jimi Hendrix. You've got Mozart and then you've got kid Cuddy and you're like, eh, I'm not okay. a kid Cuddy fan. So I'm like, eh. who's kid Cuddy. I had never heard of him before. Well, he's a modern. That's artist. just me being an old. That's what I'm saying. Grouchy dude. That's my whole point about trying to reach original fans and new fans. Did the weekend, was he not available or something like that? Or huh? The weekend. No, but I'm talking about Kid Cudi is a modern artist. I know. So I'm, I'm just saying, saying they why pick Kid Cudi instead of someone that everyone's heard of like The Weeknd? Or- well, but people have heard of Kid Cudi, but I'm just saying okay. like that's for the that's the I'm trying to draw a right. young audience and it's You're right. Uh, and it didn't work. That was the other thing. It just it, it although I got to <laughs> yeah, be honest, work. you want to know who he was? He was Alice Cooper from Wayne's World. You know, when Alex Cooper starts talking about how Milwaukee is uh, Algonquin, it's like Milwaukee and he yeah, starts yeah, yeah. all this like, wait, I didn't know you knew all this stuff. Well, the Kid Cudi was the same way. It's like this time physics, right. you know, genius and all. I'm like, okay, that's kind of a copy <laughs> off Alice Cooper, which is funny. It was <laughs> and really I never good. made that connection. Yeah. yeah, but I just thought ah, it was. Uh, yeah, we're trying to combine two audiences again. That's again, that goes back to my, my frustration, right. but um, it's good, dude. From that standpoint, I enjoyed the music. It was really, and oh, by the way, the future time traveling stuff with Bill and Ted and older Bill and Ted kind of was like, eh, but the, the daughters traveling, you know, going back and, and getting Louie and Jimmy and all those guys right. in Mozart was like, okay, that's like the original movie and that was classic and the, uh, oh my gosh, you know, of course, modern, modern technology creating, you know, beautiful CGI and stuff like that. The new effects, which would have been that way in 89 if, they had, right. had that back then, but dang, it was beautiful in that sense. Yeah, it was a very, it was a very, a lot of eye candy in the movie. That's for sure. You know what? Watch it. It's worth it, but don't expect it to be amazing. I'd wait till it comes on on Netflix. That's my advice. I would not go see it in the theater. Not every theater is playing it anyway, because you can get it on demand. Do that. At least do that. And if you want to wait until it's on Netflix or something, then go for it. So much can to you talk tell about. We have a lot time. to talk about. Yeah, yeah. And we still have a lot more to talk about, <laughs> so we'll save it for next week, but thanks for joining us. If you want to hear some of the music from Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, follow my personal Spotify mix, which is in the show notes over at realbrianshow.com slash 245. I'll put the specific songs like that um, Robbie Rob song from the original 
Bill and Ted movie. I'll put that in the right. 2020 TRBS 2020 mix. But the rest, if you want to hear the rest, it's in my playlist and you can listen to it. But yeah, thanks for joining us this week. Really appreciate it. We'll see you next week. Bill and Ted know what it's like to have deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If a bunch of cats at a secret party, would they invite any of their dog friends? Or would that just be considered a little too inappropriate? If they did, the cats could snack on meow mix and the dogs could just hang out by the litter boxes. I just hope somebody records it. You know what the music means. Time for some beep snacks. Yeah! Well, thank you for joining us. Have a most triumphant week. This has been a lot of fun. We will see you next week on The Real Brian Show. We are signing off! Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.